Just a few hours ago, uh, Jerusalem Post posted this headline, Hamas fires rockets at Jerusalem after clashes at the mosque. There's been days of violence on the Temple Mount. Jerusalem Associated Press, Hamas militants fired a large barrage of rockets into Israel on Monday, including one that set off air raid sirens as far away as Jerusalem. After hundreds of Palestinians were hurt in clashes with Israeli police, at a flashpoint religious site in the contested holy city. Of course, that is the Temple Mount. The early evening attack drastically escalated when already uh, heightened tensions throughout the region after weeks of confrontation, and it goes on and says, threatens uh, now even a wider conflict. Shortly after the sirens sounded, now we're talking actually in the city of Jerusalem. We're talking in the proximity to the Temple Mount. Shortly after the sirens sounded, explosions could be heard in Jerusalem. One rocket fell on the western outskirts of the city, lightly damaging a home and causing a brush fire. The Israeli army said there was an initial burst of seven rockets. One was intercepted, and the rocket fire was continuing in southern Israel. Gaza health officials said nine people, including three children, were killed in an explosion in the northern Gaza Strip. The cause of the blast was not immediately known. Meanwhile, Hamas media reported that an Israeli drone strike killed a Palestinian also in the northern Gaza Strip. The Israeli army said an Israeli citizen in the country's southern, uh, southern area suffered mild injuries when a vehicle was struck by an anti-tank missile from Gaza. Uh, it goes on and on. It, with all that's going on in the United States, uh, this is hardly being reported at any level. You might want to tune into the BBC and watch the reports or get online and go to jpost.com, go to israelnationalnews.com, and you can see incredible violence on the Temple Mount. Now, when I say Temple Mount, we need to understand the significance of it, and the Word of God is clear. This, many believe, is actually the cornerstone of all creation. It is the centerpiece of the universe as far as God is concerned. Many believe it is also the location of the Garden of Eden. This is also the place, the Temple Mount, where the Dome of the Rock is located, is where Abraham was ready to offer up Isaac. And it is where Solomon's temple was built 3,000 years ago. It is right there where the very presence of the God of the universe allowed his Shekinah glory to enter into the temple that Solomon was privileged to build. Now, when you look at the violence that's taking place there, go back 3,000 years for a moment, and let me read from Second Chronicles chapter 6. It says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Solomon had made a bronze platform, five cubits long, five cubits wide, three cubits high, and had it set in the court, and he stood on it. Then he knelt on his knees in the presence of all the assembly of Israel, spread out his hands toward heaven, and said, O Lord God, God of Israel, there is no God like you, in heaven or on earth, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart, who have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him. You spoke with your mouth, and with your hand you have filled it, fulfilled it in this very day. 
Now, therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep your covenant with David, my father. What you have promised, saying, you shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. In other words, God himself was going to rule. And God himself will rule. because That's yet future. Because as we go on and see the history of the temple, we recognize that Jesus Christ will one day sit on the throne of David. But the history of the temple then involves the destruction of the temple. The temple was then destroyed by the Babylonians on the 9th of Av in 586 B.C. Later, God in his grace allowed the temple to be rebuilt. Ezra, Nehemiah, and then King Herod. Now, this is where Jesus would travel as a young boy with his family in order to celebrate the Feast of Israel. It was there that later Jesus overturned the money changers, the tables of the money changers. And when we go to Matthew chapter 24, we see that Jesus predicted that the temple would once again be destroyed. And it was destroyed by the Romans once again on the 9th of Av, the exact same day as the Babylonians. And on the 9th of Av of 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. That's Israel's past. But remember, this is the place where the Shekinah glory of God was actually in the temple, for God wanted to dwell with his people. It is this very presence of God in Jerusalem, on the Temple Mount, in the temple, that validates that Israel is a nation that God sovereignly chose to bring salvation and peace to the world. But that peace is yet future. And we can see that the dynamics that are taking place right now are really stage setting. Because in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, we know that this world leader is going to come on the scene. And it says, And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. In other words, Israel and Israel's neighbors, there's going to be an agreement, a peace agreement. Just the tension that exists there, this hostility is stage setting. Why? Because they long for peace. They don't want this kind of activity where weapons are being used in the city streets of Jerusalem, where missiles are being launched and landing throughout southern Israel as well as in the vicinity of the Temple Mount. And he will make a strong covenant with many for one week, and after a half of week, which is a period of three and a half years, he'll put an end to sacrifice and offering. When we read that, Daniel wrote this over 2,500 years ago, he's going to put an end to sacrifice and offering. In order to have sacrifice and offering, you have to have a temple in place. And the vast majority of archaeologists believe that that Dome of the Rock must be removed in order to have the temple right there on bedrock, right there where Abraham was ready to offer up Isaac. And it says, On the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. It's a, ref it's a reference to the abomination of desolation. This leader, who is the Antichrist, will enter the rebuilt temple and will declare himself to be God. But something has to happen to the Dome of the Rock. That would be the consensus opinion. Although there is other possibilities in terms of building the temple while the Dome of the Rock remains in place, most believe the Dome of the Rock has to be removed. And right now we see blasts going off. In fact, the Israeli police had a blast right next to the Dome of the Rock. And it's kind of like 
gets your attention to think that maybe something's going to happen during this violence that's playing out right now as I speak. Possibility of that actually setting in motion the destruction, the removal of the Dome of the Rock, the establishment of the sovereign rights of Israel over the entire Temple Mount, and then the rebuilding of the Temple, which will set in motion exactly what Daniel's talking about. But it's not only in Daniel in the Old Testament that we find that the temple must be in place. We go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let no one deceive you in any way, the Apostle Paul speaking. Deception. Deception's huge in our day. And it was predicted that there'd be deception in those days leading up to the return of Jesus Christ. Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day, that's the day of the Lord. That's God dealing especially with Israel once again. That day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness, the same one that Daniel's referring to, the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat, where is his seat going to be? In the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. That's the abomination of desolation. That's the Antichrist. That's the Antichrist who will literally take over this, this person and will govern all that he does, empower him, and he will then seek the worship of all people of the earth. And then we can turn to Revelation chapter 13. And we see the outworking of this, where the Antichrist has his false prophet who will back him, who will be his front man. And we read in Revelation 13, verse 11, Then I saw another beast, that's the false prophet, rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence. and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. This is what Satan longs for, the worship of the people of the earth. It goes on and says, verse 13, it performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. Incidentally, don't be intrigued by signs because the enemy is going to deceive using signs. And by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Satan is going to use the Antichrist to literally parallel the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then is going to demand that people worship even the image that is made of the beast. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. In other words, if you do not worship the Antichrist, who is possessed by Satan, you will be executed. You will be killed. You will be beheaded. And that's what the Bible predicts. And we can see the spirit of this Antichrist, the spirit of demonic forces, pointing things in this direction. And then it goes on, verse 16, and it causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. 
Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six, six, six. There's a great deal here that we could get into, but time limits us. But let us note, there's going to be a mark on the right hand or the forehead. We have advances in technology that would allow for the coming together of a mark like this that could be biometric in character with technology that would make it possible to literally monitor what? The 7 billion plus people on the face of the earth. All this because Satan wants to, to ascend to the throne of God. Satan wants to be God and wants to be worshipped. And we live in a day in which we have more and more people turning from the one true and living God, the God of Israel. And as we see what's taking place on the Temple Mount, we must keep in mind that when Jesus Christ returns, it's from there that he will, it is there that he will bring peace to the earth. It's not until Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Passover Lamb, the Prince of Peace, it's not until he returns that there will truly be peace on earth. But for those of us that know him, even in the midst of the chaos and confusion of our day, we can have his peace in the midst of it all.